Hi everyone, this is Pastor Paul, the TikTok pastor and the nonpartisan evangelical. And as many of you know, my wife and I like to sit down on Saturday mornings and debrief our lives a little bit. And we started live streaming it maybe about a year ago at the beginning of COVID. And some of you seem to enjoy it. So we continue to do that week in, week out. And this was our debrief together from the week of Saturday, February 13th. And our question was, what if Christianity could be presented in the general world and the political world without the agenda of having to win people to Christ? We discussed that topic today. But first, let me ask you a favor to consider. I left my position as lead pastor of a church to be able to share this message of a company that we call Permission to Speak. We wanted to give voice to people who didn't have voice in the evangelical church. So that's what I do for a living as well as doing some coaching. And one of the ways that you can be a part of supporting what I do here is by joining our nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community. Now, it's not a gift to a ministry as you might do in a traditional ministry. Our company is for profit because we want to be able to share whatever we want to share and do it legally. And we want to pay taxes and help invest in our community with our tax dollars. And we feel like that's an important statement for us to make. So we're asking you to be a part of the nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community to help support what I do. And you get some benefits for it. You get to hear my audiobook uh, from my novel, Joseph Comes to Town. If you sign up at the $12.99 level, I'll send you an autographed copy of my book. If you join at higher levels, there are some other benefits, but mostly I just want to ask if you think this message is important and you want to be part of getting it out, would you join the nonpartisan evangelical Patreon community and just put a little money towards it to help support what I do? The way you do that is go to my website. If you type in pastor-paul.com, it'll take you to the podcast site. In the upper right-hand corner, there's a button that says join the Patreon community and it'll walk you through the steps. If you're doing it on a device, that button doesn't show up for some reason and we're going to fix that at some point. But right now, if you're doing it through a device, you have to go to patreon.com slash NPE podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash NPE, nonpartisan evangelical NPE podcast patreon.com slash NPE podcast. Sorry, that's so complicated, but that's how we have to do it. The easiest way, though, is get on your desktop, go to pastor-paul.com, click on that Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner. I will be infinitely grateful for your support. All right, my wife and I have a little chat today. Hope you'll enjoy it with us as you listen in to Paul and Ashley streaming live on their Saturday AM live discussion here on the Nonpartisan Evangelical at npepodcast.com. For those willing to listen, learn, and have eyes to see and ears to hear, this is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody and I wouldn't lose any voters, okay? Challenging the mindset of right-wing Christianity and encouraging people to have their minds renewed and hearts transformed. What knucklehead, mush for brains evangelical leaders are trying 
to uh, to overthrow Trump. It's a special kind of dumb. And calling yourself a Christian. Let's have better conversations about the life modeled in the Bible so we can truly tell the world God is not mad at you. This is the Nonpartisan Evangelical Podcast at npepodcast.com. Good morning. Good morning. So I had a gentleman that was telling me what the Bible said this week, and I was telling him the Bible also says this. And generally, if you give me a pretty snarky comment, like somebody goes, you need to go back and read the Bible, then I'm usually going to come back with something snarky with you. And so this guy was like really coming at me. And he said, I've read the Bible through three times, and it says this and this. So I just made a video and I said, wow, three times. <laughs> You've read the Bible through three times. Then, you know, who am I with my ordinations and, and licensing and biblical study certificates to question you who've read the Bible through three times? So I said, here's how we'll resolve the issue is we'll have you roll up your Bible really tight that you've read through three times and Shove it, or did you say shove I it said, or put it? Up? You can, Beep. and then the video ended. <laughs> hey, I saw someone say they're trying to ask a question in the new Q and A feature on TikTok, and there aren't enough characters. So that's interesting. Maybe we want to give that feedback to to TikTok. If I get, if you want to just put the question in the chat, that might be. If it's not we may see it, box. or we may miss it in the chat. But what some people do is enter two, three questions. So you can get String the whole it all thing together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So, well, I think I want to just, before we get into just like Q and A and going in different directions, I want to just take a few minutes, recap the week, get reflections from you on highlights of your week or things that you think were significant that happened in your own life, or certainly in society, we had some very significant things going on. But before we talk about that, yeah, how was your week? How was my week? It's hard to remember one day it's to so the weird. next. We're still working from home and yeah. it's literally like Groundhog Day. It was Groundhog Day. No. It really was. Not that was ago, the second last. February I mean, it's second. like I can't even keep track of that. But yeah, it's a little Groundhog Day-ish here in our home. Yeah, I, I think I'm recognizing a great deal of COVID fatigue. I, yeah. I am tired of living the same day over and over again. And uh, I'm going to have to I think we're going to go picnicking up at the lake outside our town, although uh, it's been raining a little bit yeah, this morning. Yeah, that might have to wait till tomorrow. But something to break out of the cycle of life. Yeah, I think it's probably very normal if you're experiencing some COVID fatigue, because yeah. definitely it's wake up, not leave the house, yeah. do the same work, do the same thing. And yeah, I'm getting really tired and of that. And both of us, like we literally work around the clock. And I would say... I can't decide like I, I, so this was my epiphany this week. All right. I was talking to a friend of mine who is doing incredible stuff. And sorry, our son is texting us about <laughs> car repairs. I'm curious as to why he, anyway, 17 don't, year old. Don't let what? that distract Yeah, you. exactly. What can you say about a 17 year old boy? Anyway, friend of mine was like, you know, how you doing? And I was like, gosh, I'm fine. And yet we're still in the crazy making year that 2020 blurred into 2021 everything is still so crazy we've got the impeachment trial going on this this um stark reality of hey these are true facts no they're not true facts. 
like just the weirdness of that plus COVID and yet I'm okay. And so I was thinking, I think I feel guilty that I'm okay Mm. because a lot of people are suffering. And so uh, my friend and I concluded, no, we have to be okay with being okay because some, there have to be some people out there that are just, everything's all right. Keep doing your thing. Do your best to support other people, et cetera. So that's kind of how I've been processing through that. Yeah. Then, of course, the impeachment trial this week and the announcement from Senator Mitch McConnell, otherwise known as living Satan on Earth, has announced that he's going to find the president not guilty in the Senate trial, which likely means he, he will now give cover. And that you know this from being an elected official. That information gets out there because his sta- he and his staff wants it out there to give other Republicans cover to start to say yeah. they can then it's say his, we're not going to find fake. him guilty. Yeah, or not a head fake, his head lead. Hey, before we do get into all of that, because I almost feel like I've been swimming in the deep end of the impeachment trial and consumed by it. I I have a question for you. Okay. And you have no idea what this question is. No idea. So what, if anything, was a source of inspiration for you this week? What, if anything, was a source of inspiration for me this week? Why don't you tell me what was a source of inspiration for you this week? Okay. To think if I had one. A source of inspiration. Okay. I will say that... I think I, as I have been wrestling through, there's this major disruption happening in society and in, and in the religious tradition that I've been in. What does that mean for my faith? What, need, what do I need to let go of and what do I need to hold on to? And I think what I resolved was that I need to hold on to the way in which I have felt love from God and the way in which I have felt love from, from Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible. And I see to hold on to that. And there's a whole lot of stuff that's been attached to that, that is just being shaken and it's falling off and that's all a good thing. But I think I have felt a little bit like, Oh, there are some things that I have, that I really need to be bolted into that have also been shaken. And they just felt no, those things don't need to be. They can still be central in my life. Reflecting on the love of God as expressed in the Bible through Jesus. And at least that's the way I experience the love of God. Like that doesn't have to change. Okay. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because you have so many people on your page, so many people, particularly millennials saying like, oh my gosh, my faith is being wrecked. What do I do? And they're reaching out to you with a lot of that. Like somebody asked me in the Bible chat today, like, what do you think of this deconstruction movement going on? And my answer is, I don't think it's necessarily a movement because a movement is like somebody's organizing and moving people forward. I actually think this is just what God is doing in the season. I hope you're enjoying the podcast today and talked to you at the beginning about supporting our 
work through Patreon. And one of the things I mentioned is you get to have the audiobook version of my novel, Joseph Comes to Town, When the Religious Right Goes Religiously Wrong. Now, you regular listeners already know, but there's a lot of new people coming in every day, so I have to keep explaining that Joseph Comes to Town is my imagination of what Jesus would say to today's American Evangelical Church were he on earth in the flesh. Uh, during our time. And it's really good. I love it. I think you're going to enjoy it. And if you like audiobooks, the only place you can get the audio is on my nonpartisan evangelical Patreon group. And so again, go to the website, pastor-paul.com. It'll take you to the podcast website. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a join our Patreon button in that corner. And if you're on a device, you got to go straight to the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash NPE podcast, patreon.com slash NPE podcast. I'll put that in the podcast notes. You're going to love the audiobook. And I do it in a series. And I also do exclusive commentaries to say what I was thinking while I was there writing, putting it all together, editing, and bringing the book to you. It's worth it for just $5.99 to sign up and help invest in the work that we do here at the Nonpartisan Evangelical and through Pastor Paul. The messages are amazing and people love them. You should hear some of the responses when people say, I quit reading the Bible, but now I'm reading it again because of your TikTok posts. That makes it all worth it. And I would love to see you jump in and help. If you don't have the money, it's okay. I don't want to put any pressure. I am hesitant to even do anything for money because I know sometimes that's a trigger for people. But I'm like you. I have to make a living and this is what we feel like. God has for us to do. And so part of that is asking you to invest in that, but not just as a giving for a tax deduction, uh, because now it's about getting something good in return, as well as loving on people around the world. So I hope you'll jump in and help. Go to pastor-paul.com, click on that Patreon button in the upper right-hand corner, or patreon.com slash podcast, and I'll be forever grateful. Now, back to this podcast. Hope you're enjoying it on the Nonpartisan Evangelical at npepodcast.com. Romans 12.2 says, Don't be conformed to the age, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can know the perfect good and perfect good, the good and perfect will of God. And I think what that, you need to be able to see what God is doing in a season. And I think what God is doing in the season is he's telling people, you get to think outside the evangelical, maybe Catholic, even Christian box that you've been in. And when I think when God starts doing something like that, what starts happening is some people are going to say, hell no, I'm going to become even more entrenched where I am. And we're seeing that happen. And another, and, But then there starts to be this rise of people and So I think that's where I was for a long time, and I was afraid to tell anybody. My friend Micah, who has a page called The Pondering Worshipper on TikTok, did this really great video about what deconstruction starts to look like. And it's, I'm in my church, and we all agree, and it's wonderful, and they accept me, and we're beautiful. And then he starts, it starts to change, and he's, Now I'm starting to see there are people leaving or even being asked to leave who don't agree. And then now I'm realizing that some of the things I'm questioning are the reasons people are leaving or are being told to leave. And suddenly, like, now I'm afraid to share that I'm questioning these things. 
And so we've all been through those phases. And now it's to the point of, I think where he ends is now I'm losing hope that I'm going to be able to reconcile this with the faith I've always known. And the amazing thing is now we're all finding each other. Yeah. That's really a lot of what this is about is we're finding each other and saying, Hey, I'm on this journey. Are you on this journey? You're on this journey too. And there's just a ton of us out there that are now saying, I don't want to be boxed into the Christianity. And I would say the American white nationalistic Christianity that we've known. I want to be free to just chase after God and chase after my faith as makes me feel I'm really connecting to heaven. I'm not in bondage to this man-made belief system. And I really appreciate the comments in the chat about, and I think that's the hopeful note is while like deconstruction is super scary. And by the way, I didn't even know that there's like already a a, a recognized term for this, but I'm seeing in the chat, people are like, I'm deconstruction. (laughs) I'm on that journey. And some of us are saying, like, what about reconstruction? Isn't like deconstruction, you know, right? Yeah. If you're deconstructing, you need to be reconstructing at the same time. But I also think there's, it's a little bit of a bungee jump and that rope is going to catch. I trust that. I, because I do believe that God is in the middle of being like, okay, all these things that you thought. Bungee jump. That's a good word. Wait, I'm falling. I'm falling. When is that rope going to grab and yank me back? But anyway, I want to take it just a quick second. If you are enjoying this conversation, would you share this out right now? There's a little arrow uh, at the bottom of your screen looks like an arrow. It's your share arrow or share as we call it. Hit share right now. We are also battling the TikTok algorithm. And uh, we think that some folks who don't like what Paul talks about jumped on to his page and kind of dogpiled on him and filed a bunch of complaints. And so it appears that he's being shadow banned. Wow, look at all those shares. I know, that's great. That's great. Yeah, we're just waiting it out, but it feels like you are in TikTok purgatory right now. I really am. I really am. And and if you guys know who Rev Carla is on TikTok, I recorded a podcast with her this week and I was telling her, it seems like maybe I'm shadow banned. She's Oh, yeah, you're shadow banned. You are shadow banned. There's no question by the numbers that we see on your page. So, yeah. So, thank you. I already see encouraging comments that you see Paul stuff popping up. That's great. And thank you for continuing to share. We definitely want to just expand out this space for people to come in and share openly about how they're experiencing deconstruction, reconstruction, or just what's going on um, in their hearts and minds right now. And follow the page as well. Yeah. But so you were talking about some comments that that you didn't realize people were, there was a word even for this idea of deconstruction. I didn't know that that is already, there are enough people who are experiencing the same thing to start to put a word around it. That's interesting. And I think that's encouraging. And as like somebody said in the chat, like we get to bond over this shared experience. Well, and the encouragement of that, and I think that's a really good direction you've taken us here is we have the story of Elijah who like wins this battle with these prophets of Baal, Baal, Baal. Uh, I went on a Southern. We we used to say Baal. Baal. I grew up in uh, Northwest Arkansas. For those of you, I saw a Texas person on, I was actually born in Texas. Yeah. We said Baal. (laughs) I think it's Baal. Probably too. Anyway, he wins this big battle and then he's just bummed and he goes into this massive depression and he's, yeah, I won this battle, but I'm the only guy. 
I'm all by myself. I believe differently than everybody else. And he just got depressed. And so the encouragement is that was, it's nice to see that even somebody as immortalized by the Bible as Elijah goes through that discouragement of, I'm the only one. And then God tells him, though, this amazing thing, no, there are 7,000 more that I've preserved that are just like you, and I want you to go back and meet up with them. And so I feel like that's what God's telling those of us who are in this deconstruction, reconstruction moment in our life. You're not alone. There's a whole bunch more just like you. And all of the, maybe the right-wing nationalistic Christians aren't this group and you're outside. They're this group and here's this other group. And actually it's the group that, that God is raising up in the season. Yeah. I, I'm going to just like, you know, I got to take off my coat. I am burning. Okay, up. It's hot in here. I can put okay. it right here. By the way, if you have been consistently joining with Paul and me on Saturday mornings, you will notice that we have literally every Saturday we walk in with Fresno t-shirts on. I have probably 50 t-shirts that are something about my hometown. So pardon us for not being more thoughtful about like trying to change it up. But I roll out of bed on Saturday mornings. And hey, I, we're just having a conversation with and, friends. And, You're no, worried about it because we have like almost matching gray <laughs> Fresno t-shirts on, but it's so much a part of our story is just like loving a town. We don't have time to go into all of it right now. Cause I know some of you will be on for like two minutes and then yeah. you'll pop off. So it's hard to think about how to connect with people in such a short period of time. But what I was going to say is just in our journey of starting with, okay, we believe that God loves the city that we're in and things need to look different. And so we just start praying. We start investing in doing things to change our own place, right? Like you just start where you're at. And then that has taken us on literally this like vision quest for the last 25 years. And the things that we have learned along the way are crazy. But ultimately what I wanted to say is this, For probably at least two decades, you and I have prayed in the way we know to pray. We have petitioned the heavens. We have prayed and prayed that God would disrupt the status quo that was holding back his real authentic love and power from our own community. And we live in a place where there are huge racial economic disparities. And if any place needs a God birthed renewal, It is Fresno, California. So we've prayed for that. We have believed for that. And the disruption we are seeing today is nothing I ever expected. It's like when you say, oh, God, come and do you. You do you, God, and Mm -hmm. do it here. And I don't have any control over what that's going to look like. I just, if it's from God, I want it. And I want it for this place. And now seeing what's happening, my God. Yeah. Be careful what you look for. (laughs) In some ways. That may be the genesis of our own deconstruction journey was we wanted to see good things happen in our city. And yeah. we realized that the things we wanted to see happen in our city, our right wing evangelical Christian friends didn't want to see that happen in our city. They yeah. wanted things to stay as they were because they were working out well for them. Yeah. And we were like, wait a second, the Bible says we should care about those other people that it's not working out yeah. well for. And our right-wing Christian friends were like, no, let's just keep it the way it is because it's, yep. it's good for us. It's, it's like how many times in your life have you been like, oh, my God, I thought I was on the same page with you. You see it in interpersonal relationships. Oh, we're, we're 
casual acquaintances, you make assumptions about seeing things the same way, whatever. And then the more you get into it, you're like, whoa, we're not on the same page at all. And that's what happened to me with, with the Republican party, to Mm -hmm. be honest, just like, I was like, oh, I thought we, we were for financial independence, the economy working for everybody particularly people who have been, who the data says have been shut out, who, who are not accessing economic mobility. I thought we were for effective, efficient government. Like I didn't know. And you realized it was about what? It. Political power. Well, that, that is actually probably the more innocent part of it. I, I think this whole like white Christian nationalism thing is the nasty part. Yeah. There are people in the political right, I think those two camps, those that are more traditional Republicans who are like, just, Hey, whatever it takes to stay in power. And then they've partnered up with this white Christian nationalist movement. That, that is, that's the really sick pairing. So those are terms that I've been hesitant to use white Christian nationalists. I did an interview probably about a year ago now with an author named Catherine Stewart that wrote a book called the power worshipers. And her premise of the book was that there was an evil nationalistic thing at the center of sort of this white evangelicalism. And I was like, no, these are, it's not really January 6th. We just saw a video last night that we had never seen before. And it was, remember you've seen that the video of that group in the Senate chambers And they're looking through the papers and saying, Senator Cruz would want us to do this. Let's gather information to get these scumbags, blah, 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 all that stuff. So this video that I had never seen before. And let me say, do you remember the guy with the like bare chested with the fur cap with the horns on? Okay. I think he's from Arizona. He's since been arrested. I don't know what's going on with his criminal prosecution, but it's that guy. Yeah. That guy on the bullhorn. Yeah. So this video that we saw in this group meeting I was in, yeah, it, as they're all just entering the Senate chamber and start figuring out what they're going to do, somebody says, hey, let's pray. And they pray the most evangelical as seven if, mountains prayer you've ever you heard in your life. Sunday morning yeah. in any one of uh, oh, Heavenly you know, Father. millions of evangelical churches in America, hands raised like, oh, and, all this. And they're praying in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for getting us into this chamber. Yep. Thank you that you're going to give our nation back to us. really horrifying things. Thank you that you're going to put our enemies in prison and just terrible stuff. In fact, we'll find some way. To, maybe I'll, it, I'll do you some. You know, it was the New Yorker had the video. Is that what That's, it was? It, yeah. It's, it had their little logo on it. So if there's any doubt, if anybody's telling you, oh, it was Antifa or it was something else. No, it was right-wing white Christian nationalist at the heart and center of the January 6th insurrection. And like I said, I've been hesitant to use that term of Christian nationalism but I see that it's right there where the Pharisees were when Jesus was on earth. In John chapter 11, they, the Pharisees are together and they say, you know, what? we're going to have to kill Jesus because if we don't, people are going to start believing in him and the Romans are going to come and they're going to take our religion and take our country. And they were religious nationalists. 
and Jesus didn't have anything good to say about them. And the evangelical church has, the white evangelical church has become a religious nationalist organization that I think is really harmful to the message of the Bible. And clearly it's driving generations away from the church. So let's take another quick break and just appreciate so much you guys sharing this live stream. If you haven't yet, would you mind doing that? Hit the share We are on a mission to break the TikTok algorithms that have shadow banned this conversation. So thank you for doing that. And follow the page. Oh, and follow the page. That'd be super cool too. So I I saw a message in the chat or a question about like, for people who are on this journey of deconstruction slash reconstruction, where are you finding hope? This person writes, they really need some. And I think we need to just spend another, another minute on that. To be honest, seeing that message in the chat that someone is saying, hey, I'm out here and I need a reason to be hopeful, that's actually encouraging to me. Just knowing that there are people who are open-hearted, open-minded, wanting to reflect the love of God, not seeing it where they have thought they've seen it in the past, and just saying, man, I'm open to what God wants to do in this moment. And I'm willing to let a lot of stuff go. I find it really hopeful that there are people out there. So I don't know if that is, if that's encouraging to you this morning. It certainly is to me that you are out there asking that question. We should say we are going to go back to the question box in a bit because somebody is saying, hey, I put a question. How come you guys aren't responding to it? And we may not be able to get to all the questions. Love this. I'm finding hope by helping others without having an agenda. You know, that's a great way to say it. I think letting go of the agenda of evangelicalism is, you've talked a lot about that. Like you no longer feel responsible. I've shared my experience with my dad was an an EE pastor. For those of you who are like really deep in the know of the uh, evangelical movement in the US, you know what I'm talking about, the 70s, the 80s, the evangelism schools. My dad was a pastor and led training on, on EE and how to witness to people and get and them it was to about heaven. keeping people out of hell that's yeah, the very that's exactly right yeah, yeah it's the question of if you died what yeah. are you going to say so you can go to heaven and not go yeah. to hell but not having an agenda that's a really good way to put it but can i also say that even as a little kid there we have we have to acknowledge that there is a part of a big part of not wanting people to go to hell that comes from a place of love and concern for people. You can't deny that. I remember. I I think it gives us permission to, okay. I think, yes, it can come from love and passion. I think it, I think some of it also comes from, oh, I have this duty to God. And it also, but what it kind of rots W-R-O-U-G-H-T, is this idea of I can present Christianity to you and ask you to say a sinner's prayer. And if you say no, I no longer hold responsibility for you. Now I can shake the dust off of my clothes for you. So I think it does have, there are people that do it out of love and passion for humanity, but I think it also comes from a sense of duty and a sense of okay, now I've checked that box and done my job and I don't really have to care for people. So this is where the agenda comes in. Now I only have to care for the people that say yes to my agenda and those that don't, that are outside my agenda, that are the Samaritans in Jesus' day, 
or the ones that are from a different religion or a different belief system. I don't have to care about those people anymore. So I think it's, there's sort of two sides to that coin. Okay. I don't know that we're totally on the same page with that. I, yeah. I think that there is more, I'll just, I'm sharing just my experience. Okay. I, I think there was, it was more about, it is more about love and concern for people, but I, than maybe what you're saying, but I do think it opens the door to stuff that we're now seeing play out. And it, re- it you know, ultimately what it is, it's, it, instead of making it about God, it's about making it about me, which right. is what I think you're saying. And that somehow I have superhero powers to, to convert a person or whatever. That's the slippery slope, dangerous, icky part. Yeah, I think so. And, and, but I think, again, the agenda then is I'm here. So it's, it's like the church that goes to do after school programs at the school. Yes, there are people that care about children that are in there, but you're there with an agenda and your agenda is to convert people to Christianity. So it's not a selfless agenda. It is a selfish agenda, and it makes you a little bit dangerous because then you can start to, so you start to say, well, I want to convert these kids so they don't go to hell. And if the principal comes and says, hey, you cannot try to convert these children, you're causing some pain for them by telling them either they believe what you're saying or they're going to hell and their parents don't like it. And then we can start to say, well, now we're oppressed by the school. They're not allowing us to walk out our religion. So I, I think that agenda is a big part of kind of some of the ugliness we're seeing come out of evangelicalism today. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if we could go without agenda is taking care of those children and providing a service to them is what God wants us to do, not just convert them to Christianity. Yeah. Then we can really start to do some good in the world and God will be pleased with us. Okay. I think maybe our theme for the morning, which we usually realize about 15 or 20 minutes into our live streams, is that, is that we're asking ourselves, where are you finding hope? Where are you finding inspiration? And being open and forthright about what it feels like to walk through a deconstruction process. So if you're joining and you're wondering, what is this? I see some comments like, what is this? And why is it popping up? So this is old Pastor Paul. I'm his wife, Ashley. I show up on Saturday mornings with him. You see a lot of stuff he puts out all during the week, just really trying to draw attention to the need for religion and politics to separate. And You're the former mayor of our city, so two-term mayor of I Fresno. Government side of things. Paul's a former pastor representing the kind of religion, Christian side of things. And yeah, we're just sharing our experience. So we always talk about the two things you're not supposed to talk about, religion and politics. Yeah. You know, avoid those at all costs. We're like, no, that's our yeah. life. Exactly. We, <laughs> that's everything we deal with every second of every day, practically. Do you know one thing is like Valentine's Day is coming up. I know. Is it today? Today's the 13th. Tomorrow is Valentine's yeah. Day. So we got to figure out. We were going to go picnic at Millerton Lake. Yeah. If it's not raining. Or Weather raining. permitting. Yes. Yeah. So how are you guys, how are you loving on your loved ones for Valentine's day? I'm realizing that I may be doing a mom fail here because our precious 21 year old daughter who lives in the LA basin did not receive a Valentine from her parents. I know, but I did buy one for her, by the way. You did? I did. 
We're going to have to overnight it or drive it down there ourselves <laughs> because tomorrow is Valentine's Day. And her grandparents sent one for her as well. Okay. Anyway, I think I do think we should get to some questions and comments. Okay, one of the Did questions in the box was okay. about LGBTQ accepting churches. And so I do have the new question and answer tab on my profile that you can always send questions directly to me and I can answer them in video, answer them with a video. And probably six of the first 12 questions I received were some version of I'm gay, am I going to hell? My child is gay. I'm afraid of what their church is going to say about them. It's the two questions I get more than anything else is, are gay people going to hell? And what do I do about my Trump family members? <laughs> Those are the two questions I get more that than anything true. else. That is really true. Yeah. So you want to, first of all, I wanted to say beige 45, pot roast, snowy Michigan, happy Valentine's Day. Oh my gosh. That sounds like a a good Valentine's in snowy Michigan, a good pot roast. Our friend Dre, who's doing some executive assistant work for me, sent a picture of what it looks like in her backyard in Wisconsin today. How it many is, feet of snow? I don't know how many feet it was, but it, they, they had a swing like? set. You know, so here's oh, the yeah. top of the swing set. Here's the top of the snow. Oh, my God. That was their backyard. That's scary, actually. That's a lot of snow. Talk about feeling, I don't know, like COVID fatigue and not being able to get out of your house. Yeah. Claustrophobic. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. It's one of the things I love about Fresno, California, is we do get the seasons and it gets really hot here in the summertime. It's a dry heat. But we don't have snow. In fact, our children have never seen it snow, which they always wish well, that it would at some we point. We have snow 45 minutes from here in the Sierra Nevada. We can drive to the snow. It's the most amazing place yeah, to live where really you is. can like literally in the morning, you could drive up, ski half a day, come home, be home for lunch, and then take your golf clubs out and do like a round of half the course or whatever. It's a beautiful thing. Line. And if, and then if you drive three hours in, or two and a half hours in the other then direction, you're, the you're at the ocean. So it's a wonderful place. So yeah, we drive a lot. Anyway, okay. uh, your church is in Fresno. We actually don't have a church in a building anymore. I, I actually am not really big on church in a building anymore. So we do online church services on Sunday morning, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m. Pacific. You can join us either by live stream on TikTok, or if you go to the website, pastor-paul.com, it'll flip you to our podcast site. And if you go to the events contact page, it tells you how to join us in our Zoom church on Sunday morning. Okay. So you want to hit the, so your two most frequently asked questions is, as you said, are gay people going to hell? Relationship between the church and LGBTQ. And then what do I do? I'm, I, my family relationships are suffering because of Trumpism. That's, that is honestly, you guys, that is what we hear all the time. It's real. Somebody says, I was there last Sunday. Cool. I hope you come back again this Sunday, even on Valentine's Day. Somebody's driving up I'm to Fresno. driving up north from San there Diego today. Coming well, come on up. near Fresno. Okay, cool. That's, that's about a six-hour drive. Anyway, okay. From so, San Diego, yeah. yeah. So LGBTQ. All right. But we keep side-roading. Here's my thing. The Bible is not a rule book. If we read the Bible as a rule book, we're going to get things wrong. It was never meant to be a rule book. It's not crafted as a rule book. It is a narrative story from start to finish. 
If you read it as a rule book, you're going to come away and say, I have to tell gay people they're going to hell. Now, we could also get into the idea that some of those verses we use to do that are mistranslated. Some we don't realize the context of, cover, of covenant and how God is working with humanity in different ways at different times and seasons. I could someday go through all of that technicality stuff with you. But here's the bottom line. The Bible is not a rule book. It is a narrative of how to live in a way that keeps us in relationship with God so that God can influence our choices and decisions. So that, so it's not a rule book says do this and then you get this. The Bible is saying the opposite. Get in relationship with God and then the things you do are gonna start to straighten out. So if we make it a rule book, we now create a layer between people and God. You have to be heterosexual to be able to get to God. The Bible says just the opposite. Get to God and he'll work through the details of your life. So this idea that gay people are going to hell and I have to tell them they're going to hell is a misunderstanding of what the Bible says. And it creates a shame on people that God would say shame on you for creating that shame on people. Suicide rates are very high in the LGBTQ community. And I believe part of that is the shame that's heaped on people for how they feel, how they were born, what is a natural tendency for them. And we heap shame on them for just naturally who they are. When I believe the message of the Bible is God is saying, I think you're great just as you are. So come to me and then we'll start working out the details of this stuff. So I hope that answers the questions. So let me relieve you of the feeling of if your child comes out to you, you have to start to fear that they're going to go to hell because I just don't think that's the truth. One just quick, I think, immediate question, follow up to you. Does scripture really teach that sin separates us from God? So I think the commands of the Bible that I follow are, Jesus said there are two commands, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. So yes, I can do things in my life that take me away from my relationship with God or my relationships with others. I can do things in my life that interrupt relationship with my wife. I can do things in life that interrupt my relationship with people around me in my circle in life. But it's not because God says, do this or else I will turn my back on you. The Bible actually says God is passionately pursuing us. There's this really embarrassing, will make you blush book in the Bible called Song of Solomon that is how God is pursuing us as a lover pursues the woman that he's in love with. God is pursuing us passionately every day of our life. So it's not that if I break the rules, God is going to turn away from me. But yes, I can do things. Whoops, sorry, YouTube people for hitting your mic. Yes, I can do things that interrupt relationship with God, just as I can do things that interrupt relationship with my wife. Okay, so one more. But none of that is hard rules. There's nothing like my wife would never say, watch TV and that's sin. But there could be a time where she would say, can we turn off the TV and just talk and be together yeah, right now? Like our relationship pipe is clogged. Right. We, need to, we need to like liquid plumber it out. And so if she said that and I said, no, I'm going to watch TV. Yeah. And screw you. I don't care about the relationship. That is sin. And so if God is saying, I want to pull you away from something so that our relationship can be more, more intimate. And I say, no, I will not do that. I'm going to have this in my life. That is bringing ourselves out of alignment with God's heart. Okay. So quick little break here, and then we're going to jump in on this next question. On a lot of breaks today.
Because I, like I said, we know from the analytics after watching these lives, people are on for two minutes and then they're off. So I'd love it if you would share this, if you haven't already share this live stream, we're trying to uh, can get out of TikTok purgatory and we want to break the algorithm. Apparently some people complain about Paul's content. I can't imagine why they would have, but it's nothing but uh, provocative and poking the bear. Getting people to think is the way I like to say yeah, it. So, I'm not just trying to provoke people. No, I'm trying to I, ask I people to that. think. I appreciate that. And you're doing it for a reason, not for just the joy of making someone uncomfortable. In fact, you don't take any joy in that at all. That's probably <laughs> at some point that people are being <laughs> But I told jerks. the guy to shove the Bible up his ass the other day. I, I enjoyed it. I did. Okay. I thought it was funny. Fair. Anyway, so share this out if you haven't already. <laughs> So the question is, how do you address the idea of love the sin or hate the sin with what you just explained? So love the sin or hate the sin is not in the Bible. So why do I have to even deal with that? It's not, the Bible does not say love the sin or hate the sin. That, that is, that's like a man-made, that's a man-made statement. That's not a command from the Bible. So I'm not, in some ways, I don't even have to deal with that because the Bible does not say that. So love the sinner, hate the sin isn't, so yes, anything you do, if I'm in relationship with you and you're doing something that disconnects you from God, or if I'm a voice of authority in your life because I'm your TikTok pastor and you're doing something that's interrupting your relationship with God, I can start to ask questions about that and say, why are you doing that? Is this a healthy way to live? I can question that. But I don't have the right just to go up to anybody on the street and say, hey, are you sinning? And do the Kirk Cameron, do you get to go to heaven or are you going to hell? I, I think that is a misplaced understanding of, again, that the Bible's not a rule book with a list of rules that are all a yes, no answer. Are you this or are you this? If you're this, you're good. If you're this, you're bad. The Bible really takes that option away from us by sometimes saying it's this and sometimes it's this. So it means all of our choices of what is sin are done in relationship with each other and relationship to God, not in relationship with a rule book. The, the book of the Bible is there to show us the character of God displayed through the life of Jesus Christ, not here's yes, no answers. Are you this or are you this? This is good. This is bad. And so love the sinner, hates the sin again, gives me permission to have an agenda as a Christian and to write people off. If I dub them to be a sinner, then I no longer have to have a heart to care for them when in fact God does have a heart to care for them. I have never felt loved by anybody who told me they hated my sin. Yeah. <laughs> it it's, it's shocking to think that if you sit down with somebody and say, I just need to let you know that I disagree with your lifestyle. Yeah. And they're like, lifestyle? I was born this way it's hard to have relationship with people that you say, I don't approve of who you are. Okay. So let's talk about the second. Somebody major. says, I would love a transcript of this, by the way, just to, to answer that question on our YouTube channel, the pastor Paul YouTube channel, this is saved and you can go back and watch it and uh, download it. Yeah. Yes. Which we found out because I insulted a friend of mine on the show 
two weeks ago. He got very upset. So because somebody shared it. So because somebody shared it with him. Anyway, so we worked it out. It's all good. But it was a great moment. It was a great opportunity to work on relationship with your friend, wasn't it? He felt disrespected. He he felt like I misrepresented his political views, and I and he takes them very seriously. So I needed to hear that and feel that with him and let him know that we were that I loved him. Okay. So so I just I to cap on on all that. I just had a sweet mom send me a question this week. And she just said, my daughter came to me and said, she's bisexual, an 11 year old daughter. And so my first goal always is don't break relationship with your daughter. The Bible does not require that's the Christian church requires that perhaps, but the Bible does not. So don't break relationship. And when you say, I'm going to love you no matter what, we do get to ask questions in the middle of that of, okay, why are you feeling this? Is this truly you or is there something else getting in the mix here that's not the best for you? We can ask those questions in the middle of it, but the baseline of getting to ask those questions are, I'm going to love you and think you're wonderful and magnificent no matter what. So I think that's really the essence of it all. That's why Jesus said, love God, love your neighbor as yourself. I think he's saying, as long as we're fighting for relationship, then we can have any discussion to work through the middle of that. But if the Bible becomes a rule book where it's a yes, no answer, and I can write you off if your answer is no, then that agenda starts to create a place where we don't even get to ask questions of one another. It's everything is a relationship break. And that's the opposite of what Jesus came to display in life. Okay, so let's go to the second major category of questions that you get on the Q&A box here on TikTok and also just overall. And that's this just the question and let's come in a lot on the chat here. Just the separation that's happening between families over Trump Trumpism. And we can certainly relate to that. I think we feel that to to some extent with our extended family. And we came from a stream of the Christian church that would say relationship, as you just heard Paul teach for the last 10 minutes, relationship is everything and it's the heart and the soul. And it is like just so much value put on relationship. And so I have thought to myself, I would like to navigate this, the political judgmentalism that's going on with if you're not for Trump, then you're this bad guy or gal. I'd like to do that in a way that doesn't break relationship. And I'm finding it extremely difficult. I, and gosh, I think about sometimes like the, the civil war in our country. And we, there's a lot of talk about like, we're living through a soft civil war now. And, and I've thought to myself, like families being divided and literally brothers and family members like killing each other on the battlefield and how absolutely traumatic that would be and how we would never let that happen again, or we wouldn't let it happen in today's standards and world. And, and yet there is like a tearing that's happening. And um, I guess I don't, I'm just to the point where I'm thinking, man, I don't know if we can get through this without the ripping. Now, obviously I don't think there is going to be full-blown war that breaks out. I really don't, but there is a tearing going on. It's making me really sad, honestly. I don't know what to do about it. So are you saying you really thought it was like we fight to preserve relationship at all costs and now 
we're finding that a little bit difficult it, it, to do. And I've seen a couple of people in the chat just say, I, I'm just letting go. I'm let, I saw someone say that they're letting go of siblings, putting boundaries up, like all that kind of stuff. And I, I get that. I think that's, I, I think that's what's going to. on with in our family to some extent. If you have people close in that don't value who you are as a human being and allow you to have differing opinions than them and still be valued as a human being, you do have to put boundaries up in that relationship and say, we're not going there. And if that group then can't observe those boundaries and love you through those boundaries, then you have to start creating space. Okay, but th that logic gets us to this point. I can just reflect on how I feel, which is what you just expressed. Is there room for me to be who I am? Do you love me no matter what? Do you value me no matter what? Do you, you champion my essence? You know, like what I'm driven to do, do you champion that? Even if you don't agree with that. And I think for a lot of people that we're hearing from, it's like, no, their family is coming at them, condemning them hardcore. Right because they're not in alignment. Okay. So if somebody's telling you you're not a Christian because of your political beliefs, they're not valuing your belief. But let's say it's short of that. They're not saying that I'm not Christian. They're just like going, huh, what you guys, you and Paul are doing is really extreme. We can't condone this. We're going to look the other way and like reject, reject this. And we're saying like, gosh, that doesn't feel right. So wouldn't the answer back from them be like, you don't have value for what I think is important. And I do think that Trumpism is important. Well, I don't maybe, or you might hear, I don't like the man, but I think his policies are good. And why don't, why isn't there space for me to feel that way? You want space to feel the way you do. There's not space for me to feel the way I do. Yeah. You get into that logic loop. How yeah. do you respond to that? So I'm trying to figure out if you want me to talk about the actual circumstances of our life no, or I'm just, in general. I'm just saying the it's the standoff. Because I would say. It's the standoff. I believe in many relationships in my life, I have given room for people to have those belief systems and have said, I give you room to believe the way you believe as long as you're willing to give me room to believe the way I believe. Many people that are deep into the Trump following, I, for want of a better word, Trumpism, the Christianity that says, I have to support Trump unwaveringly. And it can be whatever excuse you want, policy or whatever, does not give room for people to disagree with it. And if, and so I think there is a place to say, I've given room, it wasn't met with people who are willing to give me room to be me in the middle of it. And that's when you have to say, I have to create space. It's not a, you disagree with me, I'm out. It is, you disagree with me, are you willing to hear where I'm coming from? And if there's not a willingness to hear that or provide space for that or not, and then most of what I hear from Trump believers is really powerful, strong language of inner outness, otherness, those types of things. Those are things that you do have to protect your heart from. So I think the, the key is like, where is my heart? Did I want to win the argument? I didn't win the argument. Boom, I'm cutting those people off. That's just the other side of the same Trumpism coin. That is the, now I'm going to completely reject them for disagreeing. But the coin that says, I actually 
want to protect my heart in the relationship so I don't end up in a place of hating those people. I think that's a pure look at it. And, and if you can say, I've tried to understand and come to a place of asking them to understand me, and they're so deep into this thing that they can't even hear anything other than what they know, that's when you have to start to create space and yeah. boundaries. I think the other thing, as I'm thinking about it and asking just the stuff that we've seen on our end, like as much as I, I want to be loved and appreciated for who I am, the things that, you know, that I'm pursuing that are my heart's desires, I, it would be amazing if extended family was like, gosh, we bless that. We love that in you. La, 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 la. I think there's a way to, to get underneath the sort of political debate, the arm wrestle, the political power struggle arm wrestle that's going on and still focus on a person's like their true value, their true heart pursuit. You know what I mean? And you can hang on to that and keep that in focus as you're thinking about how to relate to that person. Don't you think? I guess what it's what that looks like. If that becomes a devaluing of who you are in the midst of it, or I think what probably what a lot of people experience in families is it's you're at a holiday gathering and it's let's pray. And oh God, thank you for President Trump that he's saving us from these horrible Democrats. If that's the atmosphere, and you're saying, I'm going to place myself in that atmosphere because I just want to have relationship above all else. That's, that's similar to an abusive wife that says, yeah, my husband beats me, but he has a lot of great characteristics. No, you, yeah. you can't an be... An abused wife, you mean? What did I say? Abusive wife. Uh, yeah, an abused wife yeah. or an abused spouse that says, yeah, every once in a while my spouse beats me, but they have a lot of other good characteristics and I don't want to hurt them by leaving. That's not a healthy place to live and value yeah. yourself. My, my basic way I want to live life is like anybody that believes in me and who I am can disagree with me. I, I have friends that we have some disagreements sometimes around COVID and some different things like that. And that's okay. As long as you believe in me and believe I'm valuable and smart and we just disagree on things, we can disagree all day long. In fact, I love those conversations. Yeah. But if you believe like my beliefs create a space where I don't have to be valued in that relationship as a person, even me being allowed to express what I believe in the midst of our time together is something that's so horrifying, it can never be allowed to come out, then that's not a relationship worth investing in or a relationship that's I, safe for me. I think that's in. a good way to think about it. Okay. I think I'm just challenging myself, like, and can I do that for other people? That's what I want. That's what I need. That's what I expect and value in relationships. Am I prepared to do that for other people? Yeah. So are you? Sometimes. <laughs> many times. Anyway. I think the thing is, many of us have found relationship with this right-wing Christian evangelical Trump following thought is untenable to be around it because it's not, it doesn't give value yeah. and room for disparate opinion. You it and yeah. it is and it is again that yes no in is good out is evil and if people are thinking in that mindset that God is is using Trump to save our nation and if you're not for Trump you're for the destruction of America how do you have relationship with that yeah 
and, and to try. And I think so many of us would say, gosh, I have tried and I've tried and I've tried, but I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Then I think we have to be careful of, of again, finding ourselves in that abusive spouse situation where it's, I just want relationship so much. I'm afraid to be honest about yep. the pain that this relationship is causing in my okay. life. So if you're just joining us, first of all, thank you for joining. This is old pastor Paul on TikTok, a nonpartisan evangelical, and I am Ashley, his wife. We've been on a journey for the last 25 years to figure out how do we create a space where God can show up and change our community what does it look like to live out what we think is what we're called to and, and, and what, how we're called to love by the God of the Bible? And we found ourselves running for mayor, serving an elected office for eight years, strong mayor, former government here in Fresno, and Paul planting a church. And so this is just a space where we pop on with you guys and uh, get to connect every week. We do this on Saturday mornings and our conversations usually sound a lot like what you're hearing right now, which is how is your week? Where are you finding inspiration? How are you wrestling through what we're seeing in the church that many of us were a part of growing up? And now we're saying like, gosh, this isn't anything like what we thought we were signing up for. Yeah. And things have really gone in a different direction. So we're trying to create space for that. We've been talking today about deconstruction and pushing through to reconstruction if you like this conversation, feel free to share it with other people. We will Somebody be... says, thank you. Go Bulldogs. I know. And I saw another person saying they're a, a native president and they work here for the county superintendent of schools. So that's cool. We're reaching folks here in our hometown, but also people across the country. And I know we've seen at least a few Canadians on this morning. That's really fun. And thank you for the gift. Whoever thank you just for the gift. gift. If for those that don't know, Bulldogs are the mascot of our Fresno local State, university, Fresno State, both of our alma mater. That's right. so we're proud of our, our regional university. So we're about um, out of time. So we're about how out do we of want time. to finish this up? And so I think I was just trying to recap a little bit. We started with where are you finding hope and inspiration and my every single Saturday morning when we jump on here together, I leave this time encouraged. And it's because I love just hearing from people across the country who are going through similar things and who, and it's, it sounds so weird. So it's like, how can you actually connect in two sentences across an iPhone here? But there is something about just feeling like there are a lot of us in this together, keeping our hearts and our minds open saying, yes, God, we want what you want. We don't know what that looks like. We don't pretend to know, but we just want to be a part of seeing the love of God really shift our communities and our, in our country, at least that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. And I get a lot of uh, uh, encouragement from you guys. And then we talked. I wanted to, to hit on something somebody okay. put in there. They, they asked, how do you evangelize to Christianity when Trump and the following of Trump has put such a stigma on the church? Part of what we're saying is I don't think evangelizing is the goal. I think providing inspiration to people. And if somebody opens the door and says, so how has your faith inspired you? Then I'm more than willing to share that story. But what part of what the way I'm reading the Bible, and I was taking the pressure off of, I have to get somebody to come agree with my religion to be living the life of Christ. And I think evangelizing has become a problem. That, that idea that we have to convert people to our religion. 
I don't think is what Jesus came to bring. Jesus came to connect people to heaven and say, you can be, you can walk right into the office of the creator of the universe and say, I want to spend time with you. Just like Abraham Lincoln would allow his sons to walk into his office, even when he was in the most important meetings, his kids still got to walk in and sit under his desk and be around him. That's who God is. That's what Jesus came to display. And that's the message I want to share with the world. It doesn't matter what you look like, who you love, what you believe, you get to walk right into the throne room of heaven and say, God, I want to have a moment with you. And God will say, cool, let's yeah. do it. And that is the message. I don't have to convert people to Christianity. Yeah. And I think that's really what we are committed to and what we want to live our lives displaying. And that's not necessarily for everybody. There are people on here, this chat thread that you're going to be like, no, that's not what you're about. Fine. You don't have to be about that. But for us, that's really what we want to live out is we, we hate it that people in the name of Jesus are putting on the most horrid and horrible displays of violence, of hate speech, of literally like literally violence, like physical violence in the name of Jesus. And we're hearing from people all across the country, particularly younger folks who are like, I want nothing to do with this. Yeah. I'll go just try to figure life out. God loves those people so much. We don't, we don't want them to walk around thinking that God looks like what we saw on January 6th, for example. Mm. So I think that's, I think you're, I love what you're saying because the person was then saying, I just want people to know him. I assume they're talking about Jesus. The way you do that with the stigma of the Trump following on it is you acknowledge that with people. You say, I get that our belief system hasn't been represented well by Christians. I think we just have to be honest that the message of the Bible is tainted by this. And I think it's why God is unhappy. And some of what I just heard Ashley saying there is, again, I was with this group of leaders this week who are crafting a statement that's going to come out this week saying, hey, Christians, we need to repudiate what happened on January 6th in the strongest terms. Just as we asked our Muslim friends to denounce 9-11, Christians need to denounce January 6th. Yeah. And so being honest that what we've created as a religion, I don't believe it's the, I don't think it's what Jesus came to represent, it's a man-made created religion has done a lot of damage. And if we acknowledge that and repent of it and say, we denounce this and we're going to do everything we can to change it going forward, that'll open the door to share Jesus with people. Right now, the world is, we're the last people they want to turn to in crisis. We're the last people they want to turn to for help in their life because we're the most destructive people in culture right now. So I think just being honest about that, reckoning with it, yep. repenting yep. of it, yep. becomes its own amazing testimony. Yep, that's it. That's really it. And I just, at all times, what is the truth? And not being manipulative and not spinning things, just what is the truth? We, as people who love God, we at all times should say, look, we are not about a power struggle. We are about the truth. And owning things, like you just said. Yeah. I, and I, I'm starting to believe like any pastor that's not starting to reckon with this in some way. I'm not saying just throw a grenade in the middle of your church service on Sunday morning, but 
and not, not literally, of course, but I figuratively just drop a bomb of something that's so painful for people to deal with, but start to deal with the topics of racism and of income inequality. And yes, Christian nationalism, white Christian nationalism, white supremacy, the things that we've used to make ourselves comfortable and safe while not caring that it's making a lot of other people damaged and unsafe. And just start to admit, we didn't do that well. We've had a lot of bad teaching for a long time. And I believe that repentance, again, will, will in and of itself be an evangelistic draw to people to say, that humility will draw me to you. I hear that all the time. Yep. Your humbleness will draw me to your message. So let's be that. Well, and I, gosh, I feel like our comments are turning a little, or some of our folks are, oh yeah. Oh gosh, the rival. <laughs> Talk about culture of excellence, Boise State. They really model that. I'm envious. I have been envious of Boise State most of my adult life, to be honest. As a former Fresno State Church. Yeah, yeah. They've been just an amazing story. And uh, I got to go to Boise quite a bit to cover. I was a sportscaster before being a pastor. And so went to Boise many times to cover Boise State and Fresno State games, Fresno playing in bowl games, and always was impressed with the people of Boise. You guys know how to be welcoming. And what's amazing is people may not know huge rivals, Boise State and Fresno State, although Boise State beat us more times than we beat them yeah. in the rivalry. But then when Fresno State would play in Boise, like we played Virginia one year in Boise in a bowl game, the University of Virginia. And you know, those Boise State people came out wearing Fresno State garb and rooted for our team. And I thought, that is amazing. That's the heart of Jesus right there that you're willing to put on your rivals yeah. colors. Like they would wear like a Boise State shirt and a Fresno State hat and root for Fresno State. And I always thought, man, I'm not sure if roles were reversed and Boise was playing in a bowl game in Fresno, I'm not sure we would do that. I We may have gone I and rooted think, for the other team. I think we probably would have been a little sour grapes. <laughs> hey, I want to just note, there are some things being said in the comments that are really probably opposite of the type of space that we want to create here. And um, what's happening? I, I don't it. know. I, and it's probably not worth going into because I know we're running a little bit long, but yeah, I just, I want to, I just want to call it out. Like, okay, let's create some, <laughs> the, the boundaries of this discussion. Can we not agree that we value truth, that we are open-minded and open-hearted and that we are submitted and surrendering to the God of love to come in and illuminate for us what needs to be illuminated. If you're uncomfortable with that, if that feels no, I have to control. We have to think this way, da, 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 then this probably isn't the space for you. All right. But for those of you who you're like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for a place where we're, we're able to be comfortable with those boundaries, those guidelines, then you found a good place. Mm -hmm. And we hope you'll keep coming back tomorrow morning, at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Paul does an online spiritual gathering. They observe the Christian tradition of communion. You can join by TikTok live. So you can come back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You can also go to Paul's website, pastor-paul.com pastor and find a link to join by Zoom. If you want to be a part of actually being able to talk and interacting with other people, there'll be a Zoom link that you can get access to, or you can just follow along live like you're doing here. 
So that's going on tomorrow. And then anything you can do, follow Paul's page, share this even before we sign off. We're trying to get out of TikTok purgatory and um, need some help doing that. Last thing. This is my novel, Joseph Comes to Town, When the Religious Right Becomes Religiously Wrong. It answers some of the questions that I think are going through the, the comments. This is my imagination of what Jesus would say to the evangelical church today. It's written in novel form. It's a story. And it's really fantastic if I do say so myself. So you can go to my website, pastor-paul.com, and find out how to order it either through Amazon, Kindle, or directly through the website. Also, what I'm really excited about is we just released another segment of the audiobook series. So if you like to listen to books on audio, I'm not putting it on Audible or anything like that. I'm just putting it on our nonpartisan evangelical Patreon site. So there is a small cost to get on there, but it's really cool. And so we have seven of the 10 segments now released. And I'm listening to it while I do laundry this weekend. Yeah. So it's a great way to hear the story and it's based, it's an amalgamation of things we've experienced in our community. It's here in semi-autobiographical. Yeah. Semi-autobiographical, which will pique the interest of some of you who are actually from the region. You'd be like, what? Mere Swearington tell-all book? Not quite, but definitely inspired by true events that we've lived through here over the last couple decades. Yeah. And you go to the website, pastor-paul.com. If you're on a desktop, you'll have a button in the upper right-hand corner to click on, and that'll take you to the Patreon page to sign up. Or you can go directly to the Patreon page if you're on a device, patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash NPE podcast, nonpartisan evangelical podcast. So it's Valentine's weekend. Go love someone authentically and honestly whether that is a neighbor, whether it's a family member, whether it is, I don't know, maybe a romantic love interest, go love someone authentically and emotionally, honestly, and you will be, you'll be expressing God's love to that person. Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) 